If I ask for a show of hands and ask you the question, how many of you could see your life in that video, I think a lot of hands would go up around the room. Who is Jesus to you? When you look deep in your heart, is He real or is He just kind of plastic? I want to tell you this morning that this Jesus who rose from the dead 2,000 years ago is very real. And He wants to be real in your life. Jesus, the death defeater, is a Jesus you can't ignore. We've been talking about several things about Jesus that make Him that kind of Savior over the last few weeks. And so I just want to say welcome to Crosspoint this morning. I am so glad that you have joined us on this Easter and hope it's a great experience for you. I heard an interesting story this week about a guy that used to lease office space in a big office building. And uh, he would uh, commute there every day. And one day while he was working, one of his uh, fluorescent light bulbs burned out above his desk. Well, it was a little bit longer than this. And uh, in investigating, he found that uh, there was kind of a policy in the building that uh, you couldn't replace it yourself. You had to have a maintenance guy come. And there was a $25 charge for that. And he thought to himself, I think I could find a light bulb a lot cheaper than that. So he devised this plan. He went to the local hardware store near his home. Uh, bought a fluorescent tube, got into his car, drove to the subway station, got on the subway, took it downtown very early in the morning, got to the office before anyone was there besides the guard. He took his fluorescent tube up to the office, took out the old one, put the new one in, and put the old one behind his uh, door. Then he thought to himself, now how am I going to get that out of here, the old one? So he sat and thought about it for a while, and he realized that near where he had parked at the subway station, there was a uh, construction site. He could throw it in the dumpster there. And so he called his wife and said, honey, I'm going to work late tonight. He stayed at the office really late until everybody else was gone. And then he kind of quietly carried his fluorescent tube out and got on the subway. He stood it up in front of him and an amazing thing began to happen. People began to grab on to that fluorescent tube like it was a, a stanchion in the subway. In fact, by the time he got to his subway stop, there were six or eight people who had grabbed onto his fluorescent tube. So he came up with a new plan. When the doors opened at his stop, he simply took his hand off the fluorescent tube and left the subway. <laughs> Let me ask you a question today. What are you holding on to? I wonder how the story played out. When the subway got to the end of the line... That day, was there a man or a woman who was holding on to this, but suddenly when they got up, realized they had been holding a fluorescent tube and thought to themselves, now what do I do? Or maybe the picture wasn't quite so pleasant. Maybe somewhere along the line, there were several people still holding on to it and the train came to a sudden stop and those people that thought they were holding on to it learned dramatically that what they thought was a source of strength and stability was neither. And maybe that picture wasn't quite so pretty. What are you holding on to? I think that scene is similar to the scene that takes place just after Jesus died on the cross and before his followers realized that he had risen from the dead. You see, they had been holding on to something and they found out maybe they couldn't hold on to that. Their story is found in Matthew chapter 28. It begins in verse 1. We read part of it this morning or quoted part of it as we began. It says this, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Now they were going back to the tomb to finish preparing Jesus' body for death. And Mary and Mary and all of Jesus' followers thought that they had been holding on to Jesus who was their source of strength and stability. But now 
And now he was dead. He was gone. And there was this sense of hopelessness. They were left holding on to an empty present and the fear of an unknown future. And as Easter rolls around this morning, I think there are a lot of people who say they feel like they have been left holding on to thin air. A year ago, they were on pretty solid ground, but due to circumstances that they would have never expected this year, it's not so solid anymore. And they're not sure what they're really holding on to. There was a similar feeling on that first Easter morning. The story continues this way in Matthew 28. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as He said. Come and see the place where He lay. Then go quickly and tell His disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see Him. Now I have told you. For 2,000 years, people have not gathered in places like this because they want to say, the stock market has risen. It has risen indeed. People aren't gathered in churches across America today because the dollar has risen, because the value of their 401k has risen, because health care has risen. No, there is this one hope that for people for 2,000 years across centuries and cultures have put their hope in in the midst of difficult times. It is that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Now, I know there are some who would argue that the whole resurrection thing is just a, a myth or a metaphor or that there are all kinds of theories that you can explain away the resurrection. But here is the biggest problem with all of those theories. Something galvanized this small group of people 2,000 years ago. They were not transformed from a confused, frightened group to an emboldened, courageous community by a bunch of theories. They were not willing to die, and some of them treacherous deaths. They were not willing to die for a lie. No, Christ was risen. He was risen indeed, and they saw it with their own eyes. And They believed in what they had found. And they found in that risen Jesus something that was steadfast and sure. It was real and lasting. And that's, my friends, that's worth holding on to. That's worth holding on to. And here's the good news for us. Here's what makes this day matter to us. It wasn't something just 2,000 years ago. In fact, I want you to listen to what Paul, who was a leader in the early church, writes in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. He says, I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of His power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And here's what that's saying. Those verses are saying that that same resurrection power, the power that brought Jesus back from the dead, is available to people today who are willing to put their trust in that power. Let me say it again. 
That same resurrection power, the power that burst forth from the tomb, the power that brought Jesus back from the dead, the power that authenticated His identity is available today to people who are willing to be humble and admit their need for that power in their life and place their trust in that power. Friends, that's good news. That's worth holding on to. So this morning, let me share for just a couple of minutes about just a few of the many things that can happen in our lives because of the power of resurrection that is available to us today. First, the power of the resurrection has a way of restoring our identity. You know what? Your value does not fluctuate. I don't know how many people I have heard say over the last couple of years, you know, my net worth has been cut in half. It hasn't really. Last year, God valued you enough to pay the price of His Son. And He still values you the same today. And He still will the same tomorrow. I heard about these two boys who were shooting basketball hoops one day here in Florida, a little town. And as they were playing basketball together, this rabid pit bull dog came charging at them. And one of them thought very quickly, picked up a nearby piece of wood and knocked the dog out, subdued him. And really in the process, probably saved both of their lives. Well, he was a little hero and a local newspaper reporter came to interview him and said to this young boy, "Uh, tell me the story. And as the boy starts to tell the story, the newspaper man opens his notebook and writes to begin with, young gator fan saves friend's life. And the boy sees what he has written and says, I'm not a Gator fan. And the person said, oh, I'm sorry. Flip the page. He said, he wrote again, young Seminole fan is hero. The little boy said, I- I'm not a Seminole fan. He said, well, you're in Florida. I just figured everybody in Florida is either a Seminole or a Gator fan. Who, who are you a fan of? He said, I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan. The newspaper man flipped the thing and he wrote, young redneck hoodlum kills family pet." If you're from Georgia this morning, welcome to Crosspoint. Yeah. Your value does not depend on what other people say about you. I just try to picture James and John, who were Jesus, two of Jesus' followers. I try to picture a conversation between them just maybe days after Jesus had resurrected from the dead and they knew that He was alive. Can you imagine them down by the seashore? Maybe they were fishermen. And James saying to John, boy, it's great that Jesus has resurrected, but you know, the fishing business has been really difficult lately. The fish aren't biting. The market is down. The economy's tough. It's really a struggle to make ends meet. Boy, I'm just so anxious and I worry about it all the time. It's so depressing. And John looking at him and saying, what are you talking about? Jesus rose from the dead and you're worried about the fishing business? And maybe Jesus would look at us today in the eye and He'd say, you're worried about... You fill in the blank. I rose from the dead and that same power is available to you. Your value, your worth, because of the resurrection, does not depend on the value of money or your job or your position or your title or the economy or the state of health care. Your value is based on the fact that God loves you And you can have resurrection power in your life. Because of the resurrection, I, Jeff Swearingen, am a treasured child of the Most High God. And you, Dave and Phil and Kim and Robert, are children of the Most High God. Treasured 
children. So what would happen today if because of resurrection power we got to the place that we saw our identity as one that Jesus loves? There's a second thing that resurrection power does for us. It gives us an increased capacity to love. Now, some of you hear that and think, my capacity to love is not very big. I didn't grow up in a loving family. I wasn't around loving people. I just don't have a big capacity to love. Here's the great news for you. The Bible says that this resurrection power can do for us and help us with whatever we need in our lives, including an increased capacity to love. And some of you need an increased capacity to love today. You've been wronged and it is eating away at you. You were betrayed and you want to retaliate so badly. You you were screwed over at work by somebody and you so badly are in turmoil about that and you are holding on to it and you just can't let go. What if today, what if today resurrection power gave you an increased capacity to love, an increased ability and likelihood to forgive others. Bigger things have happened on this day. Bigger things than an increased capacity to love. There's a third thing that resurrection power can do for us. It gives us a forgivable past and a secure future. Do you know that the word hope appears in the New Testament part of the Bible 71 times? 71 times. But out of those 71 times, only one time does the word hope appear before the resurrection of Jesus. Every other appearance of the word hope happens after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you think God wanted us to realize that our hope is found in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ? That's worth holding on to. Charles Steinmetz was an engineer for General Electric for a number of years. He was one of those guys that he just knew how to do everything in the plant. He, he knew how everything operated. And if there was any problem, anything that needed fixing, he could easily be one of those guys that could get right in there. He could find the problem and he could fix it. Well, he retired after several years of working there. And for months, everything ran smoothly. But one day there was a problem at one of the plants and nobody could figure out how to fix it. And so they called Charles Steinmetz out of retirement and they said, could you come back? Help us locate this problem. So he came back one day and he looked around for just five minutes of what was going on. He took a piece of chalk and he marked a piece of equipment that was broken that needed to be fixed and left. Well, just a few days later, General Electric got a bill from Charles Steinmetz for $10,000. They thought that was a bit extravagant for five minutes of work, but here's how he itemized that. One dollar for making a chalk mark. Knowing where to put it, nine hundred or $9,900. And $99. You see, when things are broken, you want to call somebody that knows how to fix it. Who are you going to call when things are broken down in your life? Who are you going to call when your marriage is falling apart? Who are you going to call when you mess up as a parent? Who will you call when you violate your values? Who will you call when your own anger embarrasses yourself? Who are you going to call when you get hooked on addictions? Who are you going to call? Could I suggest today that you ought to call on Jesus? Because through His resurrected power, He has the knowledge and the ability to restore your life. 
The Bible says it this way. Again, Paul writes, at just the right time. Did you catch those words? At just the right time. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. At the right time, when we were powerless, He died for us. The ungodly, that's you and me. And then Paul goes on to say this, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now hear this. In fact, if you hear nothing else this morning, please, please hear this. There is nothing that you have done wrong in the past that is beyond God's ability to cleanse and to forgive. There is nothing. That's resurrection power. And that's worth holding on to. If you were to write the story of your life, if you could take just a a few words to write about the struggles of your life, I wonder what words you would choose. I wonder what words you would write to describe those difficult times in life. You know, whatever the words are that you might write, whatever those negative terms are, do you realize that the resurrection power of Jesus has the ability to cover over or to erase those? Sin. Erased. Failure. Erased. Guilt. Covered. Shame. Erased. Habits. Covered. That's the ability of resurrection power in our lives. And friends, that's worth holding on to. Today, if you are looking for something in your life to hold on to, if you feel like you've been left holding thin air, the ground's not so solid anymore, if you find yourself wading through a dark moment in life, if there's been personal loss or tragedy or struggles, if you're wading through the night of despair or loneliness, then let me tell you, here's the good news for you today. A resurrected Jesus and His power are available to you if you'll just reach out and grab on, it's worth holding on to. It's a real source of strength and stability. It's real. And it's lasting. Let's pray together. God, I thank You for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. I thank You that He is absolutely alive today and He is real. And He is worth placing our trust in. God, Would You help us to look deeply into our own hearts right now? Would You bring to mind over these next few moments those things in our lives that we need covered over, that need to be erased? And God, would You help us to find the healing and the cleansing that we need in the power and the grace of Jesus Christ? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Help us to hold on to that with all of our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.